Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned to this post-Easter, post-Resurrection Sunday edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We're so glad that you've joined us today right there in Madison and North Florida. And if you're listening by computer anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, or if you're listening from our website, We are so glad that you're listening today. We have a great message to bring you. Uh, Easter is over as far as the holiday, but the celebration of the Holy Day is something that continues throughout the entire year. The resurrection of Jesus is an ongoing, perpetual truth that is continuing to impact men and women, boys and girls, all over the world. Praise God. And we're not done talking about uh, the resurrection of Jesus and its impact upon our personal life as Christians. And if you don't know Jesus today as your Savior, please join us in this Bible study, this post Easter Bible study. Let's talk about Jesus in this statement. Jesus is alive and well. Jesus is alive and well because of the resurrection. Jesus is alive today and he's alive and well. Hallelujah. So friend of mine, we want you to join us in this great Bible study. And if you're getting ready to do that, just take down this scripture, mark it down or remember it. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10 through 18 on the subject, Jesus is alive and well. Praise God. Before we begin to read today, if you would like to come to our website, just type in THCOG. It will take you to the Holy Church of God here in Tampa, Florida, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God in good standing since 1974. We are therefore in our 40 third year of pastoral ministry here in the city of Tampa, and we are looking forward to as many more years as God allows us to bring the good news of Jesus to everyone who will hear it. And we're so glad to be part of the broadcast family right here on WMAF, and we're so glad that you, if you are a return listener, we're so glad that you are part of our listening family. And we just say to those of you who have communicated with us and let us know some of you right here in the United States others from Africa and other nations we're so glad that you listen to WMAF and listen to this particular broadcast as well as other fine ministries that are ministering right there locally in uh, in uh, uh, in your area there in Madison and North Florida and we just say to those ministers we are allied with with you in the work of the kingdom, regardless of uh, our our denominational structures or denominational organizations, we're part of something bigger than any denomination, and that is the kingdom of God. So we're we're uh, working in in concert, and we're working in full cooperation with those who are seeing the harvest.
harvest fields and wanting to reap this great last day harvest of souls just before Jesus comes. So having said that, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Revelation 1. We're going to begin reading verse 10 through 18 on the study and the subject, Jesus is alive and well. John said in verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His hair and his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they had been burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive for evermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and death. Jesus made this statement unto John on the Isle of Patmos. He said, I am he that liveth. This was after the resurrection, a long time, in fact, after the resurrection. And yet he's appearing unto John. You see, Jesus is alive today. Jesus didn't just live, uh, uh, come back to life and live out uh, a set lifetime and then die as any other human being. Jesus rose from the dead in a physical body with a spiritual quality added to it and a glorified body, according to the Scripture, a body that hath flesh and bone, but a body that will never age and never die. And he became the first fruits of them that slept, the Scriptures declared. What that really means is the first human, first human being in a human body. You see, God took on flesh. He became incarnate in flesh. And He became the first to die and raise from the dead to never die again in a body that cannot ever die because it will never age throughout all eternity. This is the powerful message of the resurrection and the powerful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am he that liveth and was dead for three days. He was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore. That first fruits of them that slept, the first 
man to ever die, be raised from the dead, never to die again. Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he died. Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead, but she died. But he's talking about a resurrection that causes us to never die. You know, at the tomb of Lazarus, when he brought Lazarus forth out of that tomb, uh, uh, the, the sisters of Lazarus were so disappointed in him, even angry at him, because they knew he had healing power. And they said, Lord, if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus said these words to them, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And if any man believe in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. He didn't mean that one day physical death would not touch us as Christians. But he meant that we would never die. When we're raised again, amen, when Jesus comes and the trump sounds and the dead in Christ rise, we will have our Foul bodies, the scriptures declare. These, these corruptible bodies, these bodies that can get sick and these bodies that will surely age. You know, I tell people all the time as I'm aging that snap, crackle, and pop used to be my breakfast cereal, but now it's the sound of my bones when I get up in the morning. I'm telling you, amen, these bodies, these faulty bodies, when the resurrection of the just occurs, our vile bodies will be fashioned after his glorious body. And he's here showing himself to John in this glorious body. And the scripture said that we'll know him when he comes, for we shall be like him. For mortal shall put on immortality, and corruption shall put on incorruption. And Jesus is that, that pattern for what is going to occur into everyone who repents of their sin and receives Christ as their Savior. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. This is the ongoing message of Easter. This is the ongoing power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God is dead, the philosopher Frederick Nietzsche, who is famous for making that statement. This man based many of his works on the premise that man must find a new way of being, given the fact that God is dead in the hearts of modern man, killed by rationalism and science. He proposed that humankind should accept the fact that God is dead and start creating their own set of morals and find their own purpose for their lives. And the British poet William Ernst Henley echoes this godless philosophy of atheism in his poem Invictus. The title Invictus is Latin for unconquered. And when Timothy McVeigh, convicted and sentenced to death for the lethal Oklahoma City bombing of 1995, he chose for his final statement before he was executed, he chose Invictus. I still shudder when I read this defiant poem. It reminds me that Satan lives also, uh, and he is not well. But he is powerful to blind the minds of men. Listen to Invictus and, 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 and understand the darkness of deception. 
Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever God's may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I want to proclaim very clearly that my soul has been conquered (laughs) and that I gladly bow to my King and my Savior. What a joy it is to know Jesus Christ, the conqueror of my soul, who is also the conqueror of death and the giver of life eternal. Frederick Nietzsche is dead. William Henley is dead. Satan is sentenced to eternal banishment and punishment. But friend of mine, I want to declare and proclaim today, Jesus is alive and well. And so is every believer and follower of Him. Because of Christ's resurrection, the devil is doomed and defeated. Death is dead, but Jesus is alive and He is well. The first century Christians, and to them, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was the pivotal event in history. Their dramatic encounters with Jesus after His escape from the rock tomb were vivid and unforgettable. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, and which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, and we've seen it, and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and hath appeared to us, in First John chapter 1, and verse 1 and 2. Listen, friend, the, the, this, this powerful event that occurred was pivotal to the faith. It was critical to the faith. It was crucial to our faith. And this is, this is an absolute cardinal fact in Scripture. And it is a historical fact in time. And it is a personal fact inexperience. Praise God. Friend of mine, these are certain days in the timeline of history that have special significance. These are days that change the lives of people, either for good or for bad. In our generation, the first moonwalk in July 1969, the assassination of President John Kennedy in 1963, and more recently, the September 11th terrorist attack on America qualify as life-changing days. But there was one day that changed life more on earth like any other before or since, and it was the first resurrection morning, the very first Easter, the morning of Christ, resurrection. And that power and this person and this power and this 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 wonderful life changing life giving salvation 
that we can attain simply by repenting of our sins and receiving Christ as our Savior is available to every person living on this planet today. But you can't quote Invictus. You must believe that God is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We must repent of our sins in order to be forgiven and pardoned. But the day that we do, the Scriptures declare in John's Gospel, as many as received Him to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. It is said during the French Revolution, someone said to Telebrand, Bishop of Aten, the Christian religion, what is it? It would be easy to start a religion like that. Telebrand responded and said, Oh yes, all one would have to do is get crucified and rise again on the third day. Let's consider today some of the results of Jesus' resurrection that is ongoing and will continue to go on, not just throughout this year, but throughout time, as long as time lasts. Number one is confirmation. It testifies of the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only God could say, destroy this temple, his body, and in three days I'll raise it up. In John's Gospel, chapter 2 and verse 19. Romans 1 and verse 4 says, Jesus was declared to be the Son of God by His resurrection from among the dead. And in Romans 1, 3 and 4, it said, Concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. You see, friend, the deity of Christ is both actual and eternal. I would not want to put my faith in any other place or person than the true God for my salvation. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. Every leader of every world religion is dead. You can go to Mecca and, 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 and where Muhammad's remains are said to be. You can go to the Ganges River uh, where the, the ashes of Buddha are said to have been spread. And you can go to Red Square and see those worship with a godlike worship of their philosophy and ideology. You can go to Red Square in Russia and view the, the bodies and the tomb of Lenin. And uh, and you you can you can go to to any any of these other places and make pilgrimages uh, to where the leaders of these religions uh, remains uh, are said to be. But if you go to Jerusalem, if you go to the holy city, uh, you will be led to an empty tomb where the body of Jesus is said to have been for three days, but he was raised from the dead, and he ever lives. Hallelujah. We're not worshiping a worthless, non-existent God, as does the heathen. Christ claimed he would rise from the dead in John 2.19. Some thought Jesus was talking about the Jewish temple, but he was referring to his body. 
Christianity begins where all religion ends, with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did the rising of the Lord Jesus prove to us and to others who consider this great fact? Number one, it proved Him to be the Son of God. Read Romans chapter 1 and verse 4. The word declared comes from a word which has the idea of setting a boundary. It speaks of something that has been decreed or appointed. Jesus said if they destroy this temple or his body, that he would raise it up again in John 2.19. His coming forth from the grave says, as does all Jesus' previously done miracles, that he was God's only begotten Son, as it's written in John 3 and verse 16. It proved that Jesus was the Son of the living God, and it proved all Christ's claims were true. He never promised one thing that he was unable to fulfill. The Bible pinpoints Jesus Christ as the faithful and true witness in Revelation 3 and verse 14. He said unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, Write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Faithful points to his dependability, while true witness speaks of his impeccability. If the Lord Jesus could accomplish his resurrection as he promised, then we certainly can believe him about every other claim he made and every other promise that he made. Praise God. Listen to Peter's proclamation in Acts chapter 2, verse 22 through 24. It says, You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God by you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken, and by wicked hands you have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Ah, friend, the resurrection proved that death could not hold Christ. The Apostle Peter said about the matter that it was impossible that Christ should be held down by death in Acts 2.24. The idea is that death could not restrain or master the Lord Jesus Christ. Death could not master the Lord Jesus because Jesus has all power <laughs> in heaven and earth. According to Matthew 28 and verse 18, our Savior can and did break the bonds of death and the grave. The Apostle Paul, knowing this, believing this with all of his heart, said in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, beginning with verses 56, 57, and 58, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Death is swallowed up in victory. 
Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Where did that courage come from to to be told at the onset of his ministry that he would would uh, ultimately have to suffer uh, for Christ's sake all of the persecution all of the threats and of of death itself for preaching and proclaiming the gospel it came from the certain knowledge that death would not win, that the grave could not hold Jesus, and it wouldn't hold anyone who believes on Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Death couldn't hold him, friend. And if you trust Christ as your Savior, or if you are a Christian today, death will not be able to hold you either. Praise God. This victory wasn't for his sake. It was for our sake. He died as a man on the cross when he rose as a man who would never die again. And he became the first fruits of them that slept. Literally, the first man who ever died and was raised from the dead never to die again. And that's why after the holiday has been celebrated and after the whole but the holy day to christians is an ongoing thing (laughs) amen after all the easter baskets are gone and the easter bunny is is over with and all of the chocolate has been eaten after the the great dinner on easter sunday after the fine clothes have been put back in the closet after after all of those celebratory things of a holiday has passed. The holy day is an ongoing thing because of the resurrection. Jesus is alive and well. And friend, because of the resurrection, you can encounter a living Christ this very day, this very hour. This is not about just joining a church and reciting a creed or a catechism. This is not just about baptism. This is about meeting a living person. And I'm going to tell you something today. Amen. We have kind of got away from that encounter with the living Christ. Many, many formal programs have replaced this personal encounter with this resurrected Christ. And I'm not saying that you're going to see him visibly or hear him audibly as John did. But I am saying today that you can have a spiritual encounter with a living person, not a dead head of some religion. Uh, no, <laughs> when I say, when, listen, friend, that is the distinguishing thing about Christianity. Every, without exception, leader of every world religion is dead. But Jesus is alive, and Jesus is well today. And Jesus invites you to come unto him. And drink the living water that he offers. The everlasting life that he gives. Friend of mine, this is the mighty work of the Holy Spirit. To draw you to Christ and to mediate and manifest his presence and his person to you. 
I love someone that I have met spiritually. I have met him. I know that he lives because he lives in my soul. And he can live in your soul as well today. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you. After this Easter celebration, this post-Easter Sunday, I want to challenge you. This, this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful event that occurred can change your destiny from hell to heaven from eternal banishment and punishment from the presence of God to eternal bliss, living with God in the place that He's prepared for us, a new heaven and a new earth and the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And you can come to know Him today and you can know Him in a very personal and powerful encounter. And that's what I am praying that will occur in your life today. God loves you today. He gave His Son for you. Jesus died on the cross for you. But He rose from the dead in order that you might be saved today. And I pray that you will come to Him right where you are right now, that you will repent of your sin and you will receive Jesus Christ. He said, Behold, at this, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. I will come in and I will sup with him and him with me. And today, if you're a Christian, don't stop celebrating the resurrection. Live in the power of it. Hallelujah. And walk in the victory that Jesus has provided. Well, our time is gone. But would you come back next week? Let's talk about Jesus. <laughs>